Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Hello, everyone. We are doing something completely different today than I normally do uh, with podcast episodes. So today we are going completely off the cuff with my guest today to talk about the ugly truths of marketing, the good, the bad, and basically everything in between. And honestly, whatever else comes out, I don't know. (laughs) Our, Our goal today, I think, is to shed some light on some overlooked areas and challenges that arise within marketing and determine basically the best way forward or help people to equip themselves with the information that they need to make sure that they you know, protect themselves from any shady business or marketing pitfalls or whatever else. Again, I don't know what's going to come up today. Marketing cannot be one singular touch point. And I think this is where, and I'm going to use the example of social media, because this is really where I see a lot of people being like, I need to go all in on social. And, and it's because there's some brands where social media has been super effective. There are some brands yes. where X amount of our X percentage of our sales, majority percentage of our sales come directly from Instagram. That's fantastic. But I think this is where it gets tricky is you, if you do not have a like, and it's, and I say this with a caution, right there, there are so many touch points to marketing that you need to be aware of and that you need to consider implementing and investing in and things like that however that's not to say you have to have so many resources such a huge team things like that like you don't actually I think it's more about acknowledging the different touch points and how to maximize them and then what I like to do is like choose which one's like the main one that I'm like this is going to be the investment so for instance just for a lack of a better example this podcast I started this podcast because I love chatting with people like you and it's easy for me to do because I love it. So I invest a lot of time actually into getting, doing the interviews. I spent, uh, you know, a decent, I started it on a whim, but I actually then was like, oh, I got to really think about this, like whatever. (laughs) So that's where like the majority of the time and efforts being spent. And then I just basically figure out how can I squeeze my effort, like all of this effort into other things. So I get content inspiration from the episodes. I get, you know, obviously content I can pull, like things like that. And I think, yep. and then that drips into the email. And I think that there is a, there's, it's, it gets muddied because people think I need to go in on social media or I need to do X. And I think, I think there's discernment to be had with when it comes to what are you doing as a tactic versus what are you doing as an initiative or I, the way I kind of view it in my head, I hope that makes sense. And curious to know your thoughts. It's like this podcast is an initiative, but technically I'm just doing it on LinkedIn. Like that's a tactic. And like, I think there's a difference between people doing things like People use Instagram as their initiative. I'm going to be all in on Instagram. And like, that's where the majority of my content is going to be focused. That's not a tactic. That's a strategy. Like that is the initiative that you were taking, but potentially how you then take that stuff is a tactic. How you, you know, leverage the nuances of Instagram is a tactic. So I wanted to kind of bring that up because I think that's, where it gets really muddied because people are like, okay, well then I'm just going to be on social media and I'm going to be on my website and I'm going to do SEO. And it's like, well, you have to figure out like, what's really the touch point that you want people to start with or engage with? How do you want them to engage? So that's, I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. Well, 
And that's such an interesting thing. You know, I, all over my branding, I talk about marketing systems and I don't really see that expression anywhere else. Um, I've kind of just taken it and made it my own. Um, And really what I'm talking about is the complete picture. When I say we'll look at your marketing system, what I mean is we will look at A to Z, everything you're doing and how those things play together. Then we're gonna build a strategy. So what that strategy is, is the plan of how you're going to attack using that system so that it can have the utmost benefit. Within that strategy, you're going to have tactics. And those are the components, the specific components you're going to use to bring that strategy to life within your marketing system. So I hope that clarifies a little bit. I think so. Like, I think you broke it down in a really great way that just makes it so clear. And I would say too, and I really liked how you were like, like there are, I'm almost see, like, I almost see these things as like different levels in how you're doing it. Right. It's like, okay, you first have to have your, I, this is a poor example, but you first have to have like your positioning, your overarching goals, objectives, whatever kind of standard. And then you've got your strategy, which really then there dictates the plan. It's like all these little stepping stones to what then what's actually going to happen. But I think one thing I want to point out is like some people, and I've worked with marketers, some marketers who do this is some people jump to, we're like, we need a good strategy. And then they jump to the content plan for instance, as like one example, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not really the strategy because then it's really just the content plan. You're almost diving head first into something. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, well, that's what I need. So what's the point or whatever. And I can understand that because you're like, I just need content done. But the, when we don't sit and really think about the strategy, we're every week, we have to think about new content. We have to basically start yes. over yet again. Oh my goodness. Yes. You just hit the nail on the head. If you aren't starting with a strategy and instead you're starting with the tactics, then you constantly are left creating something new. You constantly are left establishing yourself over and over and over within those frameworks. It's like building a house. If you just start laying bricks, and you don't actually start with a solid level foundation, you literally are just laying bricks. Who knows if they're gonna be level? Who knows if they're gonna be in line? Who knows if they're even gonna build a house at the end? You know, never mind if that house is gonna stand up to even a small gust of wind. Mm-hmm. Versus if you lay down a really solid foundation, your strategy, you know where each brick needs to be laid one after the next. You know what you're dealing with. So then I want to touch on too, because I think I love the metaphor that you use of the house. Cause I talk about like, you really have to build, or one of the things I talk about of like, how do you grow? How do you scale? Like you have to set your foundation, but that foundation can look like a bunch of different things all boiling down to the strategy to what your point is, but I have a question about that specifically in a second, but (laughs) the foundation piece too is like, okay, once you start laying the bricks, you have to, you have to let them set, you have to figure out how they work. And so you have to see like, you can't like, let's, and this is a perfect example. If you are, if you cannot be consistent with social media, just as one minor example, if you cannot be consistent with social media, do not start right out of the gate posting five times a day. It's not scalable. (laughs) Do not start right out of the gate being like, I'm going to host webinars immediately. Like you don't have to do unless again, like for me, I was like, okay, I needed, I wanted to do something that was like easy for me podcast. Right. 
Yep. But I'm not all of a sudden being like, I'm now hosting live shows starting tomorrow. Like, yeah, have to let it build and you have to let everything set underneath. And so I wanted to call that out because I think marketing is about like, it's constantly moving. It's constantly showing how much you're evolving and moving. But like when you're in it, you feel like it's never going fast enough. But like, if you look back, you're like, oh, well, I can't, if I jump the gun and I start doing live shows, just as this shitty example that I'm providing, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm going to have you show up, which honestly would be nice, but like, you yeah. know, it's like, no, like you have to build the foundation. You have to see, and it's a lot of it's trial and error. Sometimes you have to replace the bricks sometimes like just to kind of go back to your, your example, but like, so that's something I wanted to call out. But also you hit, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you hit on something so, so important. And I think that that bears revisiting. You know, I started an email marketing strategy for my own business. You would think marketers were all great at marketing our own businesses. Not true. No, we actually not are the worst. True. We're, we're um, the worst. <laughs> yes. So cobbler I started- shoes, whatever that saying is about cobbler shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, or the plumber's bathroom. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I started an email marketing strategy thinking like, okay, this is great. I have tons of content ideas. I'm going to publish a brand new, you know, email every single week. And it's going to have a completely new and exciting topic every single week. And for about three and a half months, I did a great job. And then I was exhausted. These emails were taking so much time and I love writing, you know, so it wasn't even an issue of, you know, writing and not enjoying it. It was simply, I had started something that was so unsustainable within the context of how much work I do for clients, how much work I do just running and operating my own business, you know? And so I burnt out. I, I ran out of mental space to keep this newsletter going. And I've recently been collaborating with this incredible friend of mine uh, named Yuval Ackerman. And she is an email marketing specialist who is helping me with my own email marketing strategy, which is, again, as marketers, you'd think we're great. We are not. Um, when it <laughs> comes to our own businesses, <laughs> we, we question everything. <laughs> yeah. And the very first thing she asked me was, Krista, what do you have the capacity to sustain and that was such an important question that I myself hadn't even asked myself mm -hmm. when it came to establishing my newsletter. Yeah. You know, what is sustainable for you? And that's something moving forward, you know, when it comes to building my own marketing system, I will be so, so clear on. Okay. I know because I'm a marketer, I have the capability of doing all these things, but right. it doesn't mean I should. Right. Yes. No, it, and you, you know what? It's so, so important. And actually something when I started out on my business and I still do this, I, I like, I've always said like, I don't get like, people are like, do I need to have a marketing team or my budget's so small or whatever, whatever it is. And like, yeah, okay. There's certain things right about it. Um, to like where I can niche down, whatever. But I've always been like, I don't give a shit about what your resources are. Like all I care about it. Actually, actually I do care what they are, but I don't care that you have, I'm not going to be, go to you and say, you need to hire more people to do this. I'm going to yeah. say, let's figure out how you can do this on your own until you're ready to hire. And that is so misunderstood. And I think, <sighs> I, th I appreciate the self high five. <laughs> self high five. <laughs> um, something that I, it made me so mad when I heard about it is someone I know hired a fractional CMO and they came in and they came through, uh, here's your strategy. Here's who you need to hire. Like you need to invest in X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, but 
No, like you're basically forcing them to build an infrastructure that they do not know if they have the money or resources for, and maybe they do. And like, there's a lot of people, right. That are like, I need a marketing team and they're ready to do it. That's fine. And that's what fractional CMOs can be used for. But like, if they, it is a red flag. If you're like, I'm treading carefully and I need to, I, I need it to be realistic in my budget. Cause I think business owners really, and you said this earlier, business owners actually, I think really are good about what they, they know what they want. They know what they don't want. They want, they need help. They simply need help and they need someone to not like, like basically create more work for them. That's really what it comes down to. You just hit the nail on the head. You know, our role as marketers, as marketing agencies should not be to create a shit ton of work for a business owner that they can't sustain. Should not be to create a shit ton of expenses for a business owner that they can't sustain. Our role as marketers and marketing agencies should be to help that business owner optimize what they have. Mm-hmm. Love, yeah, and no, I, you just hit it. You just nailed it. I, I whether that's budget, whether that's personnel, whether that's infrastructure, whether that's tech stack, our role should be to take where the business owner is at in their business and to actually make their marketing the best it possibly can be with that. I don't care if your marketing annual budget is zero and you're looking for just just organic marketing. I don't care if you have a $50,000 a year marketing budget. I don't care if you have a $500,000 a year marketing budget. My role, no matter what I'm acting as in the moment, whether it's a coach, whether it's your strategist, whether it's your fractional CMO, my role should be to take that and to make your marketing fly. I have no notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you put it perfectly. And I think you also highlighted a common challenge that like I've experienced this countless times when I was in-house. Sometimes when you hire, when you outsource for marketing, you end up adding more work to your plate. And that was always my issue to the point to where I would literally be like, I'd rather do this myself. So like there are many times where I, this is how I learned to be quote unquote, a designer, because I was like, no, this person's not working with me. They're just saying they're making me do so much of the legwork. And then they technically have the ability to do it. They're not thinking about what we are really looking for and things like that. So I just started doing it all myself. And at the time I was like, obviously pissed off about it. Cause I'm like, they're still getting paid for literally shit. Like <sighs> they did nothing, Yeah, but whatever. And I was in house. So obviously I was bitter about it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like also too, it's just like, they, I, it ends up being a lot more work. And I think I talked to so many people who are like, yeah, we've outsourced this. And it's like, I just don't want to add more to our plate. Like it's, you, there is a level of management required. And I think that's yes. why. I come in, at least just in my perspective of like, I like, I kind of come in as the middleman a lot of the times with vendors or like the subject matter experts and the client, because the client really needs an advocate a lot of the times. And it's not, and I will say too, it's not always the agencies or the output, like the marketer's fault either. The client may not even be providing that much to them. Like I've definitely heard of friends who've had kind of some negative or challenging experiences with clients because the client wasn't responsive feedback. Like I've definitely dealt with that too. So there is like always a balance, but I think at a certain point it's like something else is broken and it's not the marketing. It's, it's the dynamic, it's the communication, it's 
yeah. lack of system. It is X, Y, and Z factors. And you can't predict that. And that's really where it's like marketing is not one size fits all because how you, like you can create a system, for instance, like you can create, yeah. here's your scope of processes. Here's what you need to do. I can, I do that in my sleep all day long, but I'm like, who's going to really read it? Like, who's really going to pay attention to it? And it's because their natural ebb and flow, their natural dynamic is not usually considered. And that's where the challenges start to break down. And that ends up not being a marketing problem. Well, and a really interesting point there, we spoke earlier about the evolution of businesses, you know, and the evolution of our own businesses. Well, you know, I myself started off creating strategies, really putting together marketing systems for female founders. What I have found just over the months and over the last year and a half is what a lot of female founders are actually looking for is not necessarily somebody to create a system, hand them the book and, you know, bada boom, bada bing, they walk away with it. They're looking to really have somebody guide them and lead them as they develop their own marketing system. And that's why recently I've started doing private coaching with women because so often, you know, they really want to be able to do their own marketing. They really want to be able to look after it themselves and have it be something that is part of their journey as a business owner. And they want to be effective with it, but they just don't know how. And so when we talk about that breakdown in communication, a lot of times business owners just don't know what to ask. And if the marketer is only used to dealing with and engaging with other marketers, they're asking questions that the business owner doesn't understand in a lot of cases or doesn't know how to answer. And that's perfectly okay. It's okay that the business owner is not in a place where they're a marketing specialist. They are a specialist at whatever their business is. They should not have to be a marketing specialist as well. And I think it's so, so important as marketers for us to realize that we need to come to them and come to where they're at instead of forcing them to come to where we are. I just, again, no notes because what <laughs> you said was exactly what I preach all fucking day. And I think you just nailed it. And I think the most important thing out of all of that, I mean, you said so many good nuggets, but if you feel that the help you are hiring makes you have to go to them and adhere to them, you need help. And some people, I will say with this with an asterisk, because some people are like, I just need someone who can do the fucking job. Yeah, do the structure yeah, yeah. and they adhere to the structure. That's really fine. Unfortunately, in my dynamic and my environments that I've been in, that was never the case because I was I like especially when I was in house, I was dealing with leadership that would then if they if something was delayed, it would then snowball and then therefore it made it really difficult to toss over whatever I needed to the expert or whatever. Like it, the dynamics created a space to where too much structure ended up hurting us. Yep. And someone had to take, take it over or whatever. And I think that is so important because, and you said this right at the top of pretty much all of this entire conversation of, of agencies and freelancers. So often they weren't asking, they were like, we're the expert and that's it. You don't ask us questions. Like we got, we got this or whatever. Yeah. But truly the most successful client relationships I have had have been where there's a lot of feedback, where there's actually been arguments, where there's actually been pushback. And I, sure, do I ever like criticism? Does anyone know? Of course not. <laughs> if someone's like, what the fuck did you do here? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, 
I never want that to be the reaction. But at the same time, the business owner needs to feel comfortable, like providing feedback and saying, and then the marketer needs to say, and this is in-house too. This is not just outsourcing. This is across the board of like, honestly, just like business in general, like life in general. It's like someone should be able to say something to you and it shouldn't be like, that should, that shouldn't be it. And then yeah. the, the dynamic should be strong enough to wait, especially with marketing to where you can say, I fucking hate this. Like I tell my clients, tell me if you just hate it. And just, I just yeah. will ask what, like, what specifically do you hate about it? Cause that gives me something like, I'm always asking for feedback in that way because it needs, there does need to be this push and pull. And I think that's where a lot of misconceptions kind of come to be because it's like, I'm paying you to be the expert yet. You're relying on me to come to this. And I can understand that and respect that aspect of it all. But at the same time, it's like marketing. I think this is where like so much breakdown happens because marketing relies on collaboration because we need to get into the minds. And like, there are some, like, we don't know what we don't know and vice versa. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times. Yes. Like I was talking with one of my clients last week, I think it was, and we were going over a, a launch um, program that we had put together for, uh, for a program that she was launching in the fall. And I came up with an idea and I was like, listen, I think we should really do this. And she was like, you know what? No, like, actually, that's, that's not going for to her. resonate <laughs> with with my audience I I know my audience and they're they're just not gonna be into that that's not gonna jive and that was one of the best moments I have had in my marketing career because she was so clearly able to articulate her audience and her business needs and from there I was able to go okay well let's try something that will resonate yes you know and oh my God. that's where marketing works. It's it, perfect example. Perfect example. Because I've had people be like, they clearly aren't attracted to something. They're like, they're not resonating with it. They're not doing X, Y, and Z. But instead of really being like, no, we're just not feeling this. This isn't what I'm, my brand is or whatever. They try to fix it themselves in a way by saying, let's move. This is just a poor example for like <laughs> talking about design or whatever, but like, let's add this element. Let's change this text, whatever. It's yeah. like very granular when ultimately they don't like it. So, yeah. but they're not articulating that they're not communicating that. And that's really challenging because that's, I think a lot of the times that's a good source of where breakdowns happen, but especially when you're outsourcing is like, they just don't like it. They don't know how they can make it better. They don't know what feedback is going to be really constructive, which I respect. But that's why sometimes it's better as long as you are open to having like a dialogue about what the situation is to where like the marketer can like really probe. We can say like, if you say, if you say, here are my barriers, like, I don't like this because this is on brand. And if someone says, okay, then what do you like? Because I've had that happen before where a lot of people are like, I like, then we need you to tell us what to, what you want. Cause they just want to get the job done. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a red flag. I don't work that way. Yeah. I don't like that way because I'm like, there's a challenge. Like I do anything I can to like overcome it, but like, yeah, it has to be a two way street. But if I'm work, if I'm telling a marketer saying like, and I've had, I've had this happen with agencies where I'm like, we're it, you know, what's being produced is not on brand. And it's like, you know, here's, and I've even come to the table with like, here's an outline that I just need Mm -hmm. your specific expertise to help bring that outline to life and brainstorm with us. And I always say like, let me know your thoughts. Always open ideas. They were like, well, we need more from you to, And I'm like, I literally just gave you the entire thing, (laughs) like sort short of you actually like bring it to life or whatever. So it's like, that's something to pay attention to as well is like, you have to feel free to give feedback and the feedback has to be as blatant as, nah, I think you're wrong. Like, I think in, and the relationship has to be strong enough to sustain that, right? Yes, yes, yes. 
you just hit the nail on the head. You know, something we talked about earlier is the environment that is created. And something I try to do is create an environment where women feel valued Mm -hmm. and respected and welcomed. Yeah. If the environment right from the get-go is I'm the marketer, I know stuff, don't, don't come at me with your ideas, don't give me any feedback. That is never in a million years going to create a space where the business owner feels like they can say, ah, not working for us. Yeah. Or, ah, not really our style. Mm-hmm. You know, never mind say something specific like, oh, we'd rather go in this direction or that direction. You know, you have to, as a marketer, as an agency, facilitate an environment where there is two-way communication well before you even come on as a client or well before you even get hired as the agency. Because whether or not you like it, people are watching the way you interact with them on LinkedIn. They're watching what's happening in the DMs. They're watching what's happening in the email conversations. And they're taking notes is this somebody who is going to value my opinion, you know, or is this somebody who's just going to think they're better than me and is going to always think they're in the right, no matter what. I think too, I think those are great points. And I think too, to add to that, like, is this someone who can uh, clearly accomplish what I'm doing? Cause like, mm-hmm. I think, right. Cause like, I don't want to, we've been obviously talking shit about marketing we're a good chunk of this but like (laughs) i also want to acknowledge that like there are some people where they've got a fucking system and a structure and they nail it and they can execute whatever they need to execute whatever and they don't actually need to have the feedback and the person doesn't need to provide the feedback and that works that totally works and i think it's just a matter of the dynamic and that's where to talk specifically about how people can market themselves is that's where your authenticity comes in to not be overly cliche about it. It's like, people need to know how you communicate. Like, and I think like something that I am very proud of, and I think a lot of people can probably attest to is like, and I, and I experienced it and I guarantee I can probably predict it with you too, is like, I talk to you the same way I'm talking to my clients. Like, it's yes. going to be a conversation. You will never get, there's no interruption, even on LinkedIn. Obviously that's a little bit more prepped and prop. I quoted, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> polished. I wouldn't, it's kind of more of a brain dump, but that's like the type of tone I have, the type of um, philosophy I have, like that is what you're going to get when you work with me. And the same yeah. thing I, is clear for you of like, I am creating a, and that's where, again, going back to what we first started talking about, you are creating the space and opening the door for people. You are not waving them down, trying to get them to go through the door. Like yeah. trying to, I put that, I butchered that fully, but hopefully the message <laughs> still comes through. It's like, that is really where it in building a brand involves because it's like, it's how you present yourself. And Emily Paulson, like who was, um, on like one of the recent podcast episodes that just got released she talks about she's a branding expert so she talks about this a lot of like it is not colors it is not logo that's part of it because like similar to how we wear clothes right like our clothes are an expression of who who we are granted I wear a lot of black but I wouldn't say like I'm completely like monotone right like I (laughs) I you know things like that so it's just like it's it's just extracting all these small and it's always in the small details of like, how can you be, how can you exude the experience you're going to get and the, and the vibe you're going to get from working with someone. And that's, that's oh my where the goodness. brand comes into play. Yes, yes, yes. Through and through. And I know, I feel like I keep saying that because <laughs> there are so many points you say that I'm just like, I couldn't shake my head. Yes. Any more emphatically. Um, yeah, it's really, you know, branding at the end of the day is figuring out how you can 
create a realistic interpretation of what you are bringing to the table. And whether that's what your product is, whether that's what your service is, whether that's who you are as a freelancer or as a service provider, you know, at the end of the day, you really just need to make sure that the way you're standing out, the way you're being unique is by being you. Because there isn't another you. So there's absolutely no sense trying to be someone you're not or trying to present your brand in a way it's not, because that's not going to work. Ultimately, at the end of the day, people are going to see behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no denying that it always, the truth always comes out eventually. So you might as well just lean into what that truthful version of who you are is yeah you know it's like at the very beginning when we got on this call I said hey how do you feel about swearing because well, I by have the way, you pod- haven't <laughs> I know which is so funny I think I did a couple times but you know I have such a potty mouth and so it's something if you have very delicate sensibilities and you don't like talking to somebody who swears a lot I am not the service provider for you because the way I talk to you the way I talk to my clients is very authentically me and authentically me I swear a lot you know I swear in my LinkedIn posts I swear on my video calls that unfortunately or fortunately is just who I am you know, and so there's no sense in me trying to present this prim and polished version to the world when that's not who you're actually going to meet behind the video screen or some days at a coffee shop, you know, like that's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, something that if I can impart any words of wisdom to any brand owner, whether it be a personal brand or, you know, a business brand owner out there is find your voice, figure out who you are, what makes you uniquely you and lean into that because that is what's going to make people remember you. As you said it's not the colors of your logo. It's not the design. It's not your website. It's not how many platforms you're on. What will make people remember you is you. I think you nailed it. And I think it boils it down to like really everything else is just a tactic at the end of the day. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. It's like if you, and that's where the over complexities happen with marketing because you're just like, I need to be here. I need to be there. And that's where like, when you're hired, that's what the marketers are for, right. Is to like, take it and run with it and make it, it's this big own it's thing. And it's important to do and, and all of that. But like, if you are someone who are like, you're like, I can't hire for marketing and I need to figure it out. Like, that's really where you start. And that's where I talk about, like, find your white space. Cause that's a perfect example of like, you actually really don't need to hire anyone to find it. It just helps, right? Because mm-hmm. it's hard, like cobbler shoes. Like it's really difficult to get kind of a bird's eye view because there's so much uh, emotion attached to your own business and all the things that go into it. And so I think it's just to find out, like figure out how you want to show up in the world and then just and- show up. You know, it's funny. I have this client who constantly talks about people's superpowers. And without a doubt, I have come to realize that one of my superpowers is being able to look at somebody building a personal brand or somebody building a business brand. And I am able to almost instantly go, this is who you are. I see you. And so many times I've had clients go, oh, yeah, yeah, that is who we are. Wow. You know, I love how you just use that example because I would say that's probably one of my superpowers as well of like, 
I I think I do it. I, I like I see them, and people want to be seen, and they just want to be heard. Yes. But I see them, but I also can show them how they're different and how they're why they have this space. This is their yes. space. And I think that's. I mean, that is the benefit of hiring someone, right? Like that is why you need to help. And then it's just like all these other kind of pitfalls and potential like concerns that you need to just be aware of when you are hiring because and actually something I've been wanting to ask you but we've just gone on so many tangents but like kind of going back to where you were talking about strategy earlier I feel that strategy the word strategy is now so overused and I think systems is slowly starting to become overused because then you get into the mindset of virtual assistants and processes and online business managers things like that so I'm curious to know how would you actually describe a strategy how does that differentiate? Actually, well, I'll stop. I'll stop there. I'll let you go. How would I describe <laughs> a strategy? Yeah. Uh, so when I describe a strategy, or rather when I think of a strategy, I think of something very tangible. I think of a compilation that includes, but is not limited to consumer research the history of your brand, the history of your industry, your position within that industry. So all of that research, I think about your ideal customer profile or your ideal buyer profile. I think about from there, your goals and objectives, where you're looking to go. And then I think about What is your budget? And breaking that budget down. What is your current tech stack? And for anybody who doesn't know what a tech stack is, it just means what is your current compilation of technology that you're using? What are the apps and programs that you're using? So what is your current tech stack? What is the cost of that tech stack? Is there anything that can be uh, maybe eliminated or added? that would have benefit if it's added, you know, and in addition, I think about what are the tactics we should and could use moving forward to achieve those objectives and goals. So again, it's a very, it's a very tangible thing for me. It's a document that includes so much value, so much information, you know, it's that's basically a, a blueprint essentially exactly mm-hmm. it's it is your entire business really from a bird's eye view you know i think oh sorry go ahead oh no i was gonna no. jump in and say i agree and i think that is a comprehensive strategy that is the strategy and that's something that you always can go back to because I think where I've seen, and this is why I asked, well, how would you describe a strategy? Is that one, some people have described strategies as content plans. Some people describe strategies as acknowledging what platforms were going to appeal to this specific segment of audience. So a perfect example is a social media strategy. Okay, we're going to use LinkedIn to talk to this segment of our audience and this is the type of tone and things like that which is important to acknowledge but then I think I liked how you separated it from okay here's all the you made it multi-level because it was like all these ways all these components that impact the strategy but at a certain point there is no evolution there's no nothing changes at once you hit a certain level of your strategy Mm -hmm. of your blueprint or whatever the tactics will change. Yeah. The, even the audience will potentially change in the sense of how you approach LinkedIn maybe may end up being different. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that's where I struggle with people who sell strategies. And I've struggled with this even myself because I've always hated being like, yeah, I'm just going to give you a strategy, send you on your merry way or whatever. And obviously there's, you know, a... There's a different level of um, work involved. And honestly, the work starts once you get the strategy, I would argue. But also, 
I think people do like, here's a brief strategy and how we're like, here's your mission statement. Here's X, here's that. But like, really, you can't see this. I feel like you really can't see the strategy until you start implementing because then the strategy needs to take shape of its own. You have to have anchors that keep it the strategy. Yeah, But I feel like it really at a certain, and those are the things that won't ever change. Right. It's like, this is who our brand is. This is what, where, you know, is interesting, but even positioning changes, even like messaging changes, like how you really do it. I think it all boils down to like your core and everything like that. But it's like, there is like a complexity around it of like people sell strategies that come off very simple, but there's so many nuances that come and impact it once you start really implementing it. So And I think for a lot of business owners, it's really, really hard to see the value in making what's usually quite a large investment into that blueprint. You know, because let's be honest, any all-encompassing strategy really is going to, it's going to be costly because there is so much research involved. There's so much value packed into this one document. But at the end of the day, once you have that blueprint, you will be able to refer back to it for guidance for years to come, not just months, not just weeks. You know, and that's something when you hear people talk about a social media strategy or a content strategy, those really are temporary. You know, the duration of their value really is fleeting. When it comes down to an actual all-inclusive strategy for your business, that value holds on long after you finished paying for it yeah and I think I think that's a great way to put it because I think too and maybe as you were talking I kind of like the differentiation between a marketing strategy and a like a brand business strategy it's like that's the stuff that won't change and these are just like certain um how do I put this like there are certain levels within that strategy, like I mentioned earlier that you, and I liked how you broke it down where it's going to change because you don't actually know what the audience is going to show us, how they're going to actually mm-hmm. engage. There's a lot of variables that we just don't know, but how do you deliver a strategy or how do you take it, receive a strategy And then, yeah, okay, you could say, here are my scope of processes. Here's the content outline for the next month or here's whatever. How do you really keep the longevity of that strategy? And I think that's when it boils down to how does that strategy dictate your white space? How creative is that strategy? Not from a daily, like in the weeds kind of standpoint, but like, overarching these are the opportunities that we're looking to create this is how Mm -hmm. we want to appeal to our audience like it has to be deeper that it almost doesn't even feel like marketing anymore and it feels more like the business development it feels more like the brand yes more it's like it's so much deeper and I think that's really what dictates a I think that's where the marketing strategy, you don't know what, what you're going to get from it. Cause people are like, well, I'll just write a content outline and charge you several thousand dollars. And I'm like, no, I need to know exactly what's going to be used. I need to know exactly how, like the longevity of it lives within, how does it shift your business? Not yeah. from a audience. perspective. Yeah, no, it's so, so important that, a complete strategy be something a business owner can refer back to while they're building that content strategy month after month, while they're building that social media strategy month after month. And, you know, you've absolutely nailed it saying like, oh, your audience might change or 
you know, your positioning within the market might change. Of course, those things might change over time. Businesses are organic things. They grow, they evolve, they shift. You know, who's to say where you are today is where you're going to be six months from now. Let my business be a prime example of that. I thought, you know, at the end of the day, I would really be doing strategies and building systems and it turns out that what a lot of women really want is coaching and individualized um, services, you know, so that they can work through their marketing. Well, that was something I could have never anticipated with all the market research I did. Turns out the environment is actually different. Turns out the demand is actually different your business might be the same. But if a strategy is well compiled, even as those things evolve and shift, the strategy will still hold its value. Amazing. I love it. Okay. We've been talking for so long and I I literally could talk about this even longer. So I'm going to wrap it up. And le- and ask you one final question for people who are thinking about, and we've kind of covered this throughout, but for people who are kind of thinking about where do I start? I have no idea what to do. What would you say to them? Just reach out, send a DM, ask the question. There are no stupid questions. And if any marketer anywhere makes you feel like your question is stupid, just know that they're not the right marketer for you. And there are always people like Caroline and I who are more than open to answering your questions and who are more than open and welcoming of helping you, helping guide you through the experience of growing and evolving and honing your marketing. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much, Krista. Like I said, I, this, we, this is a two hour episode now. So <laughs> I may have to cut this out into two parts. Thank you so much, Krista. It was such a pleasure picking your brain about all of this. And I'm sure we can, there's mo- even more to talk about that we didn't scratch the surface. So for whoever does listen, let us know and we'll, we'll do this again. This has been incredible. Thank you so much, Caroline. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Caroline Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.